keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host Dan St. Germain. We got a we got a full house tonight. Mike Warrens, Robert Carpolis, Scott Chaplin. It's going to be a hoot nanny. First, I want to thank everybody and this includes Robert and Scott who uh well Scott performed but were either came or were part of my uh special on Friday, June 1st at uh Brooklyn Comedy Club. Um, I'm sorry, Thursday, June 1st, Jesus. But it was, uh, it was, you know, I was so nervous about people showing up and both shows were filled and, um, both, you know, shows were a lot of fun. Um, so I want to thank everybody who came, came out. I really appreciate it. And, um, I'm really glad that, uh, New York's air wasn't poisoned then, as I have to say inside. <laughs> I had to cancel a show last night because of poison air. And now I have two shows tonight, which I'm like, I guess I should still do them. But uh, anyway, um, how's everybody else doing? Mike? If uh, if if poison air, if if this happened, if the Canadian fires happened during Dan's <laughs> taping, he would have went full Brian Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I I would have been uh, I would have maybe I would have not been good. That's for sure. Yeah, you would have thought you summoned it and you would have disappeared. <laughs> I would have probably disappeared. I would disappear with the smoke. It would be like the end of Spider-Man 3 with the sand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. You eventually disappeared. <laughs> anyway, it's just there was no smoke, so we saw you running down the street. <laughs> well, It I was really great, appreciate- man. You fucking killed it. I, uh, what what, what, uh, what a special it, it is. Scott was really hyped, man. Scott was hosting. Robert was there. I got to meet Robert's lovely wife, Rachel. Oh, Robert. Yeah. Your, your wife's amazing. I got to meet you in person for the first time. That was awesome. And yeah, we all just hung out. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was surreal, but it was, uh, it was great. Yeah. Scott yeah. performed on stage and then Robert performed when he said, great set, Dan. <laughs> um, no, he had to say that to me, uh, the second show. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That's oof. well, we all did very well. No, well, the good news is, is that it's it's recorded. People are going to get to see it. And and Dan, you absolutely killed it. It was fantastic. I had, I had a, a couple friends there. They all thought it was fantastic. Rachel was like crying from laughing. It was it was really, really good. Uh, and I'm not just I, and I would have said if it would sucked. I mean, we've talked about enough dynamites with people I like and we'll hear about it later today of people I like who sucked. Uh, but this was genuinely just a fucking all timer. It was awesome. Well, thank you, buddy. Yeah, I'm hoping, uh, you know, we'll see what goes on next with it, whether or not we're going to try to get it on somewhere. I'm going to release it myself or something of that nature. But um, sad wrestling news this week. Uh, A guy whose uh, managers we probably know, Mike and I both know from like the rose scene, um, Iron Sheik passed away, Um, which I'm just going to go say 
like right off the bat, if you guys haven't listened to the Iron Sheik on Howard Stern, don't listen to our episode today. <laughs> Just turn it off. Man, it's like a five minute clip, you fucking idiot. Uh, no, <laughs> Is he on a couple times? Yeah, well, he was a, a few times. A few and, times. And, and, it, and it works better in clip form. You could listen to a clip of Iron Sheik uh, and then listen to this podcast. Um, Dan, see what you don't realize is Dan took so much emotional energy complimenting himself that now he has to be uh, depressed. I didn't even compliment myself. Robert complimented me, <laughs> which is way more difficult for me to do than you yeah. possibly can realize. Uh, you but angry old cripple. Yeah, but I think here's the thing. I mean, I'm hey, not, Dan, having Scott. a kid doesn't make a person crippled, okay? What? <laughs> Scott, Scott, I'm not crippled now. <laughs> it's like my my body at its best is like Magnum TA after the accident. <laughs> no, you still don't look that good. Uh, <laughs> but... he, had, he had way better hair. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I don't – so I kind of disagree with you a little bit, Dan, because to me, the the Stern stuff with Sheik is kind of sad in a way because it's it, there. It's a lot of, like, laughing at him, and it, it makes him look what, – whatever this later half of his career was versus the Iron Sheik that wrestling fans loved. It's like there was a short time where Kurt a, Angle was going was down this path. doing stand-up, you know? Yes. Exactly. And it's it's fun for what it is of that time. But it's like to me, it's like the Iron Sheik was, you know, he's the guy who beat Backlund. He's the guy who made Hulkamania. He 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 was a legendary heel. He's one of the LJN action figures. Uh, and then he became this late in life caricature of himself that you didn't really feel like he was necessarily in on the joke in a good way. And it felt a little exploitative to me, but, you know, maybe I'm being a little overly sensitive about that. Yeah, Dan, we never laugh at wrestlers on this show. Exactly. We would <laughs> never kick a guy while he's down. Who are we roasting on? Uh, I, have, on I, have literally, I have literally heard Robert say the most vile things about current wrestlers. Yes, uh, but that's different. Well, the guy had a hard fucking life, man. That's for sure. I mean, his daughter was murdered. I don't know if you saw the documentary. Documentary's crazy. Yeah. He was the bodyguard for the fucking Shah in Iran uh, before uh, they got all religious and got him the fuck out of there and survived that because there was that was a that were, there was some culling going on in the uh, early eighties, late seventies. So, so we we have uh, breaking news, at least to me. So. You know, they always say celebrity deaths come in threes. Oh, no. This is a really... So, you know, we have Sheiky Baby. We have Pat Robertson. And yes. uh, Pat Cooper. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that yeah, was, I saw uh, that. Beloved yeah. insult comedian Pat Cooper. But what a fucking... I really hope that Cooper and Sheik are both up in fucking heaven just ripping... Uh, robertson apart and robertson just agrees to go to hell because it's nicer there <laughs> well i uh yeah i mean that's another guy who uh on stern interesting appearances like the last couple ones were just a fucking drama movie like stern was trying to make it like springer but it just was like real sad oh um, i liked pat cooper i just looked I it liked up pat cooper Shit, too but yeah. remember when he brought his he brought stern brought his like his uh estranged son and his ex-wife on oh yeah and then oh, he, and Pat Cooper never came on again after that. He was uh he was great on Tough Crowd. He was on maybe a handful of times. I always remember him being really great on that. 
Yeah, man, Pat Cooper yeah. was a fucking legend, dude. He was, uh, you know, Italian Rickles, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasn't he? He wasn't <laughs> Jewish, Pat Cooper? No, he's Italian. I don't know what he is. He that Jewish like, him, like the big thing was making fun of how Italian he was. So I would, be, I would like to talk about Sheik for like a minute or two if I can. Yeah. Um, I did four Iron Sheik roast. And uh, and I can say... He, he, um, he knows how Mike was like giving me shit about complimenting myself. And he, there was like a pause where he waited for us to applause that he did four Iron Sheik roasts. Dan, that's not a brag. <laughs> it was part of his community service. Yeah. No, because, you know, it, it, it's fascinating because like... I kind of agree with Robert. Like the the first one that I did, I was like, "Yeah, what an honor! This is fun." And then by two of them, the the two in the middle were back to back nights. And then, like by the time I was asked to do the fourth one, I was like, "I guess I will," but I already knew what it was. And you know, it very much seemed like he was a guy that uh, was just kind of you know driven around and yeah, given this persona on Twitter and everything, but the guy himself, what Kozlov Davari, I think his name is, um, Kozro, you know, like, yeah, it's, yeah something seemed like so out of it and tired. And, you know, I, I remember the, the first one I did, they, they said to me, um, yeah, two roles. You can't make fun of his murdered daughter. I was like, Okay, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, of course, yeah, we won't do that. And then, like, don't make fun of the fact that he uh, he's on drugs. And I'm like, uh, I have to because that's all the jokes and everybody oh, yeah, for sure. He's on drugs all the yeah. time. I mean, I he's mean- a guy like I met him four out of those four times, and every time was the first time he was not there. Yeah, in a traditional sense, I had a grandma with Alzheimer's. Like it was, it was pretty comparable. Um, yeah, but your so, grandma was so, thrown back like that. Holy shit! So, in many ways, like it really is like a rest in peace. Like I'm kind of glad that he's, uh, you know, away from all that stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, it, it. What a fucking fascinating life he led, and obviously, I think a really iconic part of wrestling. Maybe I'd say. Uh, the most iconic transitional champion in wrestling history. He's one of them for sure. I mean, yeah. far, I mean, his run is the most iconic, you know, as far as like, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you quantify that. Cause it's like McFoley's a pretty, is more famous than the iron Sheik, most likely. And uh, he, he's a, you know, but just that bridge, right? That He's bridge, the bridge is like the, between... that's what I'm saying. It's the most famous transition of all time. I would say that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, and he kind of works in both worlds. Like he works in the Backlund era, and then he worked in the Hogan era. Unlike some of those other guys at the time. I mean, he would have worked in the Attitude era if they just let him do what he did on Stern. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> would have for sure worked in the Attitude era. <laughs> and and like I rem I remember just like because I got in like in the late eighties, but even you know in the early nineties, uh, you know Colonel Mustafa, and yes. you're like that's, a, that's Iron Sheik. What just yeah. fucking call him Iron Sheik? <laughs> that's that's Vince at his most Vince. Vince being of himself. <laughs> yeah, it's, Vince it's, taking a creation he'd already had, and like yeah. we know it. We know that's him. He can't be anything else. 
Well, yeah, but no, because the Iron Sheik mic represents Iran, and this is Iraq. And if there's one thing Vince does, it's geopolitical nuance. <laughs> and, and 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 I think the last big accomplishment we should give uh, winner of the uh, gimmick battle royale because they didn't <laughs> yeah. know how to get him out of the ring. <laughs> that is the greatest reason someone's ever gone over. <laughs> you know, I mean, and and that gimmick battle royal. If you haven't seen it, I mean, it is. Like we talk about hoot nannies on the show, this is this is the ultimate, like gold star hoot nanny. It is a blast, bro. I I think it's one of the reasons. Yeah, of course, I'll say that that's the most fucking Mike Lawrence match ever. But I think it's one of the reasons WrestleMania 17 is the best one because it it helps give it that feeling of a full meal. Well, you have all these yeah, other and great matches, mention, like almost so many. So let's talk about how many matches are kind of put in that spot as like the comedy popcorn match between the main events and die horrible deaths. Like yeah. the Shaq, uh, the Shaq, you know, Big Show one that ended with Baron Corbin winning. You know, I mean, there's been so many that have just been like, woof. And that one, it's like, it, it even is like, and it is emotional when you go back to it, just in terms of you know, all the guys that are gone and, you know, Heenan on commentary and Oakland. Heenan's what makes it the most, at least for me, the most emotional thing because this was his big return moment and it's kind of the last great flurry you get of him. Yeah, and he has the line about the Iron Sheik, right? By the time he gets to the ring, it'll be WrestleMania (laughs) 39 or whatever. (laughs) Well, it's, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, that's hilarious because he actually just passed away at WrestleMania 39. If that was the line, but I don't remember if it was, but yeah. But well, rest way. in peace, Shiki baby. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Shiki. I, I will say real quick because I, I I got to work once with him. We brought him in for something for 24 seven where he just had to film like a quick 30 second, like you know, I'm the Iron Sheik and you're watching WWE 24 seven, which took about 50 takes. Uh, but he kept calling our our executive producer Steve Finkelstein, my intelligent Jew businessman. After every take, like to kiss up to him, and it was, and he loved it because he thought this was the greatest thing ever, and it was absolutely hilarious. And then there's somewhere on one of the patrons where I tell the the Michael Hayes story with with Sheik uh, driving into Mexico. So if you haven't listened to that, it's somewhere in the archives uh, and well worth uh, looking up. Well, but, it's, uh, it's unnerving, you know, to be called a Jew unless it's Iron Sheik. Right, then it's a compliment. Then it's hilarious. It's one of the only times you can be proud to be called a Jew. Yeah. You know, Did also you... like, well, because no, I didn't sorry, get to really yeah, speak say, on. Do you have any memories of him? Um, Iron Sheik for me, he really like okay as a straight man, right? You go like, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, getting effed in the A. Uh, all that'll leave is a sore ass, you know. But he taught me that it could also make a man humble. And I think that's important. <laughs> I didn't know that, but apparently it comes along with it. And I think, you know, men do need to be humbled. Um, and he taught me to humble myself before uh, he could humble me. And this is a, the, the long way of finding out Scott got raped by Irish. <laughs> <laughs> this is no, a long way of me, finding like... out what that Kendrick Lamar song, Be Humble Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Iron Sheik uh, to me was yeah he was that howard stern guy um in high school his i watched you know youtube clips of his shoot interviews me and my buddies would cry talking about him um i did not know who brian blair was i did not know who the killer bees were other than i think fighting the hearts maybe once or something 
Um, I mean, their their thing is they owe Iron Sheet Coke money. <laughs> That's their thing. Yeah, you know? dude, it's like the. I mean, I have a lot of wrestling knowledge in my head, and then there's wrestling knowledge I only have thanks to things Iron Sheik has shouted. And it's just, it's amazing, man. He's like a different, there's like a history through his lens. And that wrestling history, that needs to be told, because it's, uh, it's a trip. Who are the no, guys that he likes? Rest in peace, brother. Who are the guys that he likes that he would like cry about? He also had guys that he would love that he would. Start- yeah, he would always stop and get mopey. I mean, you know, Will Osprey we uh, retweeted one of those those wrestling Twitter guys. I, I don't know his name. He's good though, but he posted a um a clip of Hogan uh, on Howard Stern, and she called in, and they're arguing. But it's really sweet because at the end they say "I love you," and uh, I don't know. A lot of times Iron Sheik would calm down. And eventually be like, I love you. And in those moments, you go, oh, is he riding the wave of a bit? Like as comics, you you know, we see that a lot where you go, hey, is this guy nuts? And then you have to stop for a second and go like, oh, he's riding the wave of the gimmick that people seem to be biting on at the moment. Yeah. And sometimes I do think Sheik was very aware of that. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he knew he was being funny when he was shouting on Howard Stern. It's just when you hit a certain age and you're being carted around and your body is falling apart and you're obviously in pain and you're, you know, well, eventually you, you can't make articulate sentences. And yet someone is tweeting for you and acting like a maniac on your behalf. That's when I have an issue. But when Iron Sheik is cursing, uh, no, because then they'd also provide him with Coke and draw. I don't know. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> God bless you, Sheiky baby. I miss you. <laughs> I, can tell you I can tell you this, you know, um, I remember Toronto was one of the roasts and like they brought him to this was when you know the Rob Ford thing was happening and they brought him to like a Rob Ford press conference and clearly like just gave him coke to yell at him. Like <laughs> what was what was amazing what was amazing when you would be on when you'd be on stage with him, like you would say a key word like Hogan or Blair and it would be like when fucking Curly hears Pop goes the weasel and just starts punching. <laughs> you know, like he would really just hog it. Ah, fuck you. You know, like he knew like the word association because <laughs> it was so weird. You know, like every roast, right? The person who gets roasted goes up at the end and his sets were always only like two minutes and it was just that fuck you. And, <laughs> and but, but I was going to say, I, I think a thing that um we we missed out by mentioning a very historical thing was him and Duggan. That was, you know, uh the death of K Fabe as we know it. Yeah. That they got pulled over together. That was one of my roast jokes. I was like, that was the day K Fabe died. Uh K Fabe was the hooker in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> um but it was but what was amazing was that like that's such an iconic moment, the chic the villain and dug in the patriotic guy and they were driving together and, and Vince wasn't even mad that they were fucking doing drugs. He was mad that they were driving together. Yeah. But he always had a soft oh, he spot for Sheik. Drug. He was a little mad about the drugs too, but um... because they were his probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he was more mad about Duggan with the drugs because Duggan was supposed to be like the all American baby face. He didn't well, really give his fuck about he... the Sheik and, and she could, pretty much do anything like not quite snooka anything but like he could do anything and vince was going to be cool with it because you know she was story, always loyal to him you know this is the funniest this is the, my favorite chic story actually 
is Vince uh, pulled Iron Sheik in his office and he's like, Sheik, you tested positive for cocaine. And Iron Sheik goes, thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the other story, the last, the last big thing, I just, I didn't write anything out or anything. We're just kind of talking, but like, um, you know, the thing he always talks about is, you know, Vern Ganya offered me hundred thousand to break Hogan, and I say no. And I'm like, that just means he knew Vern wasn't good for the money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we actually have a really fun episode today. I, uh, I I went on Reddit and I found like like some of the. I'm not going to say it's top ten because it's just ten that I found that were the worst. Um, but worst wrestling indie shows of all time. So this is this is a tale from the indies. We'll get to Dynamite or Dud after that. But I wanted to read a couple. That'll be our 11th tale from the indies. No, yeah. that'll just be called Fails from the Indies. Uh, well, um, all right. So this one is for... Um, <laughs> this one's for... It gets real crazy at the end. Uh, uh, this is that Moondog over there on uh, Reddit. Uh, there was this one in the UK that the promotion used... Uh, to tour holiday camps, mostly like Butlins, but also played various towns. Let me just uh, uh, get at the very end. Um, <laughs> this is the craziest. The only thing I remember. Uh, okay, um, the main event fitch- The main event featured Ricky Knight as the heel against an older British wrestler. I forget what his name was. The only thing I remember is he had a John Cena gimmick. So it was like watching some 50-year-old guy in a John Cena Halloween costume copy his moves and mannerisms. It was the cringiest thing ever. And the only interesting thing that happened all night was Soraya yelling at some kid with a disability in the audience, which made him mad. And he got out of his seat and tried to fight her while he while his mom was trying to pull him back into his seat. So It's cool they booked Eugene for that show. <laughs> Just Soraya. Just Soraya yelling at a handicapped guy. It really uh, kind of puts into perspective how well-adjusted Paige is when you consider the DNA she comes from. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it's 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 real bad. Um, yeah, there's uh, there, there's just some crazy. I mean, like, there's just some crazy stories here. Um, what's oh, th- this is uh, th- this is amazing. This is one story here. Where I guess like there were so few guys in the audience that Juventud Guerrero. This actually sounds fun because there's like six people in the audience. Juventud Guerrero was letting the audience call the moves, so they would be like six one nine, and he would just do it. That's actually amazing. I like that. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I kind of like that, that too. Like, you could hold know? up a sign with the song that you like by Springsteen, and he'll have the the E Street Band play it. So, thank you, Hoovy. Um, me and my I'm buddy, just excited that there's eight more of these. Well, I'm not going to do all of them. I'm not going to do all of them. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Mike fucking Statler and Worldler of Florence over there. Um, <laughs> no, Mike, this is this is his chic impression as he slowly descends into madness before we get to like list number seven. <laughs> no, I was and like, then, I didn't really prepare memories for. I was like, I didn't really prepare memories for uh, Iron Sheik. And Dad's like, I didn't really prepare. Uh, a top 10 for this top 10 list. <laughs> well, I just realized it's going to be, I'm just going to read a couple. I said top 10, but I'm, I'm just going to read a couple. Because, you know, it, 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 he's, that will he's be channeling his inner Tony Khan announcement voice. Uh, well, you know, like I'm, maybe I've. That's, that's mean to Dan. Like, that is I've fair. I take that, that back. 
That's me and I, buddy went to a flea market somewhere near Tampa, Florida. By chance, there was a wrestling show there. I want to say it was called DCI or DCW highlights. They opened with the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> uh, the ring announcer had all these cards, including wrestlers' names, some notes, and the words to the national anthem that he sang very poorly. They had a deaf wrestler who couldn't hear the ref counting and didn't kick out when he was supposed to and screwed up to match. But he did say there were some young kids that enjoyed it. Well, guys, you really are helping me by chiming in on these stories. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're reading it like Miranda writes. like like, <laughs> And like, I've been arrested nine times before. You're like, you have a right to remain silent. Anything you can say, you and can and will be used against. Well, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, you you're, you're like, like doing like, this like they do on the indies, you know? Well, I guess not at all. Damn. Okay, never mind. You're doing it right. Yeah, Dan, you're doing this with the energy of Sonny's lawyer. <laughs> She's we're really sorry this here. time. She didn't mean it this time. Um, um all right. Well, hey, yeah, the indies are crazy. <laughs> that's, that's the point of this segment, I guess. There's also something about the underfaker here. I guess there's there's a lot of uh yeah, there's a lot of on the Indies it's just a bunch of guys stealing people's gimmicks, which is all wrestling anyway. So some I mean, guys there really there really story. wasn't doink at every one of those shows. Um yes, there the... was a guy there was a guy named Cornbread <laughs> who was a who was a rough and tumble farm boy. And I guess a hillbilly Jim ripoff. I'm just going through these stories, but I I think I don't know if I shared this indie story before, but I um was booked to do a comedy show after an indie wrestling show, and it was like in this like fucking hotel near an airport. It was very sad, yeah. and um, but what I didn't realize is when I got there, it was a intergender show. Mm-hmm. And the men won all the matches. <laughs> and it was so... It sounds like, more like a rally, Mike. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so... It was so... Um, <laughs> depressing by, like, the third one. that You just... Because you knew at that point, oh, yeah, she's not winning. <laughs> this is from Vacationing Image. This is actually kind of funny. It's like, um, I guess... Um, I just saw a smash wrestling show on Sunday where a guy dislocated his knee in the second match. His screams were absolutely unreal and made worse by there being no medical staff in the promotion. There's just a bunch of guys in the back trying to move him out of the ring and outside the ambulance. When they finally did 10 minutes of blood curdling screaming later, the promoter came out and said, well, that happens in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> they just continued the show. It's, I mean, I, I will say, like, reading these stories, it's the closest, like, I always say wrestling and comedy are really close in terms of, like, personalities and lifestyles and involved, but, I mean, this is the closest to comedy, for sure. Oh, I'm sure, because you wind up playing in weird places in front of God knows who. Yeah, in front of people who don't care at all. No, no, I was, I was at the second show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's get to uh dynamite or dud. Um, Robert's gonna take over if that's okay. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. I love uh, his snarky recaps. 
Well, it, it gets us through a little quicker than Dan's. Uh, wait, so then what, what happened? And then uh, that's right. All right, uh, Dynamite opens with the surprisingly the international title because we haven't seen that defended in a while. Orange Cassidy versus Swerve. Uh, being facetious, folks. No, that was that was being facetious. We've we've seen it a lot, and that's fine because Orange Cassidy tends to have good matches, and him and Swerve at the pay per view was one of the highlights of a pretty lackluster show. Uh, somehow Orange Cassidy overcomes the odds and wins. The embassy come somewhat running out, somewhat walking while trying not to fall down. What it must be a very steep uh, incline. One of the Samoan dudes looked like he was about to bite it. Uh, and then they wisely turned the lights off. And four minutes later, Sting appeared in the ring. God, that was uh, long. It was a very, it was so long that like Tony's like, I think they're still beating him up in the dark. Uh, so that was great. And Darby, who's now back where he belongs, is the third most important babyface in a segment. Uh, we then get a uh, Ricky Starks, Jay White video package to really get Mike Lawrence excited for the main event. A Brian Danielson video package to hype the uh, Okada match where he starts talking about how you're the rainmaker. So I'm in the desert. It went like full on Ultimate Warrior as how fucking weird this was. Uh, but good news, we got a main event anywhere in the country. Rocky Romero on the Best Friends versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, so I did get to see Wheeler Yuta beat a guy. Uh, Hangman Adam Page and the Bucks gave a fairly incoherent, either a, the best heel promo you've ever heard or one of the shittiest babyface promos you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, there was an Osprey Kenny Omega video package that was awesome. This Will Osprey guy, once he's a full-time member of the AEW roster, is really going to change the... Oh, he's never leaving. Sorry. Uh, MJF and Adam Cole had probably the worst Fever Dream promo I've ever seen, where Max relied really heavily on... Leaning on the crowd. The worst MJF promo I've ever seen. It was, it was one of the worst MJF promos I've ever seen, where it was a lot of like, Made I no have the point. microphone, you guys stop talking, and you guys are in Colorado, and you all do drugs. Like, the cheapest of Colorado cheap Springs, too, which is like a conservative area of Colorado. It was it was weird. And then they, they start bringing up valid points about how Adam Cole used to be good a long time ago, uh, but Vince rightfully realized this guy doesn't cut it. And got rid of him. And then Adam Cole's response is, you're a world champion no one respects. And oh, by the way, you're on steroids. So Tony Khan printing money with this segment. Uh, Dan, <laughs> what did you think hour one? I mean, I just thought the MJF Adam Cole stuff was a disaster. You know, I, I can't. Um, you know, I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, Cole is cold right now. I don't know how you just rudimentary you've had a week and a half since that jericho cold disaster match which you know besides Meltzer, everyone has gone around and said no there was no heat for this match you know both guys look bad the finish was stupid and you're rewarding him with a championship with a championship mjf is not oh mjf is an amazing talent mjf is not over as a champion right now and part of that is because the brian feud was confusing the pillars feud sucked and this feud looks like it's going to suck. Um, they need guys to kind of help. You know, like MJF should be feuding with Kenny Omega. He should be feuding with bigger guys that can actually help him, you know, become the monster heel. He he has all the tools to become. Um, but instead, he's, he's saddled with this shit. And uh, I thought the elite promo, like you said, was, was not great. I, I think that Swerve should just be on his own and not have the... 
embassy with him. It's confusing because he's had, it seems like Swerve has had like between like Hit Row, like five different factions since he started to wrestle. So well, he also used to have uh, like the, the little Brock Lesnar looking guy. Well, Harvard. yeah, that was, like, you know, that was the uh, was the mogul. Those were the mogul associates or something like that. I forget what that oh, yeah, was. Yeah, it was him, yeah. the guy with tattoos on his face, and those guys vanished. Yeah, he's just never, um, he's just always, or like, give him a heater, man. Just give him fucking Brian Cage. You know, his work has gotten better lately, and he's there for the long haul. So just give him that. But, you know, instead we have um, whatever the fuck that was. Uh, the match itself, I thought, picked up steam at the end. But I thought in the beginning, they were just kind of like, I don't know. There's like a lot of clumsy wrestling. You know, I I, I just thought Chuck Taylor looked like, kind of like shit all night. Like his Stuff didn't really look crisp, and uh, you know the Blackpool Combat Club. I think Cesaro looks great, but Wheeler's really small, man. And and my, you know, I will say the 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 Cornette stuff is starting to, you know, I've been listening to more Cornette lately because I dropped from Meltzer, and uh, you know some of the uh, some of the stuff Cornette. I don't agree with everything Cornette says, of course, but some of the stuff he says about Moxley, it's like. It's 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 making me it's making it harder for me to enjoy him because he's like the the plumber critiques. It does just feel like too too much of an everyman, you know. Um, but yeah, so that was that was kind of I, I was not I did not have fun watching this episode of Dynamite. I, don't I think, think I, I challenge wants. every John Moxley hater with the plumber opinion at least to call their plumber over and then try to fight them and see who wins. <laughs> well, that's true. I'm not saying it's like I'm not saying that I could kick John Moxley's ass. I don't I'm think just... you could kick any plumber's ass. <laughs> I know, but it's just like this is your top <laughs> guy. It's like maybe uh, Roto Rooter. Maybe they they're hiring some guys that ain't shit. But uh... <laughs> yeah, but I still think Scott. If you hit them once, they're not gonna bleed all over the place. <laughs> That's, That's true. true. <laughs> and 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 they and they put out less stinkers. Am I right? Hey now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I, I thought that that was uh, that was not a great hour of wrestling TV. What did you think, Robert? Uh, um, all right, uh, sure. Uh, give us a kind of no. I think uh, Orange and Swerve. I think the match overall got good towards the end. Yes, there was a little bit of feeling out. I like the story that they're trying to tell with Orange Cassidy, where it's like he's becoming increasingly desperate, and when they started getting to those near falls at the end. Crowd was super into it. Uh, I don't understand why we need to include Sting and Darby, and now Darby's like Orange Cassidy's pal. I don't think that helps anybody. Um, the Danielson, you know, Okada thing. I'm excited for the match. I think the match will be pretty good, but uh, the the build up for it really should just be a graphic and nothing else. The six man was a six man, um, and the MJF Cole thing. Just it was everything we always criticize on this show of stop over relying on WWE. And now you're not even over relying on WWE. You're literally over relying on dirt sheet reports. So it's a niche within a niche. So in order to understand what's going on in this promo, you needed to have read like the observer piece where they said, oh, they wanted Adam Cole to be Keith Lee's manager. Like that's where we're calling material from at this point. It's so insidery and unnecessary for a guy who knows how to generate good heat. And when they went face-to-face, look, I love Max. Max is not a tall guy. And when they keep trying to tell you that Adam Cole is six feet tall and I'm six feet tall and Adam Cole barely comes up to Max's nose, you're absolutely burying this dude dead. 
which is fine because he's fucking useless and out of shape. And I don't know what this feud's going to wind up being. Robert. Scott? Okay, I met Robert last Thursday at dance taping, and he is at the very least six foot six. Which <laughs> <laughs> would make Adam call about six one, okay? Uh, okay, first match. OC versus Swerve. Uh, I think we were all kind of texting each other last night during this, so we kind of all have our opinions. Like, when you do reversals in matches, and this isn't an OC thing, what I'm about to say. This was a them thing. And and honestly, more Swerve than OC, even though I think they're both phenomenal. Um, Reversals, like, can't be done slowly. Like, if a guy swings at you, you can't duck slow, and the swing can't be slow. And they were doing a lot of, like, Am I there? Yeah, you're there. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, I have bad headphones. Uh, 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 so a lot of this, the reversals in the beginning of the match, which are so common, reversals in the beginning of a match, they just look clumsy and lazy. So but I'm going to give a, a weird defense of that. Sure, because sure. you're in Colorado with the altitude. It may have taken them a little bit of time to get <laughs> acclimated fun. to it. No, for real, though. But, but that was I, the whole I, thing, like, with the heat getting clobbered by Denver in game one. They're like, it's the altitude. They're tough to get used to it. They don't run a ton of wrestling shows in Colorado. Well, yeah, so and when comics it do been shows, tough. yeah, I know, like, when Carlin would do shows, he would have, like, uh, a, a tank on the side of the stage in Colorado, right? Anyway, um, the match, though, picked up, and I, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I do not like that Swerve is surrounded by any of these dudes. He should be by himself. Uh, but I did love the match. I I, I liked the Daniel Okada video. I didn't just like it. I loved it because I watched Dominion over the weekend. So I saw the Danielson promo, not just this uh, this edit of it. And come on, there's nothing cooler than you're the rainmaker. And well, guess what? When you're in the room with me, you're in the fucking desert. Good luck finding that rain. Good luck making that rain. Because you're going to fucking dehydrate with me and I'm going to make you uh, shrivel up uh, like a raisin. It's so fucking good. Y'all are tripping. I agree, man. I will say Forbidden Door looks great. It does look yeah. great. It looks great, but I think Brian's stuff on commentary was a little better when he's like, they call him once in a generation. I'm once in a generation. Like, what are you all talking? Like, that was better than sure, you but know, we got the both. weird Isn't water puns. No, man, that shit, listen. Oh, I love Maybe that. Maybe that was his homage to, like, superstar Billy Graham doing those desert promos. It's, you know why? Because when you when you watch this match, which it's going to be a great match, and you see Danielson really taking it to Okada, and, you know, Okada has matches where, it, the same way it's like uh, Omega in New Japan or something, where towards the end of it, you are genuinely like, get them water. Dan, isn't that a thing? You're like, they, uh, yeah, they have like I mean, they have foam coming out of their mouth the way like a guy. Yeah, who, I mean there was a period where he was coming back from that like shoulder injury where it was a little touch and go. But yeah, I no. mean for the most part, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean Okada's the best. What one. I mean is, you are going to see a moment in this match where Okada is literally going to look dried up, and you are not used to that in pro wrestling. And and you are going to go, oh my god, he's in the desert with Brian Danielson. And it is going to be so fucking fun to watch. And you're slowly going to watch him do a fucking rain dance and make it rain in Toronto or wherever the fuck it is. It's somewhere I can't go because I don't have a passport. It's it's the desert Uh, of Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem. That was like Beach Bash and wherever the hell it was. Remember that? 
That, but that's why that desert line was weird to me. The way that he said it, I'm like, sure, but it's Danielson is the desert, you know, nowhere else. It's Danielson, you know, it's that ring, you know, it's like, you know, you don't, you don't watch the undertaker wrestle and you go, Hey, we're at MSG, not your yard, sir. (laughs) But anyway, um, uh, what else happened in this hour? Chaos versus, uh, Blackpool combat club. I look, I like it in, in this way. Chaos is, was a real group in new Japan that, uh, you know, Okada was and is a part of. So it does make sense for these guys to be wrestling each other, which is like very rare to happen sometimes. Not very, but it happens, you know, in AEW, you go, why are these guys wrestling again? Uh, this actually did make sense. And I thought it picked up and ended up being a lot of fun. That backflip into the uppercut from Cesaro was a uh, really, really great. The Osprey Omega promo ruled. I mean, already you have these two matches and these two hype videos. Uh, it's more than they did for uh, last year's show. And oh yeah, and Osprey was awesome matches. in that. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, yeah, th- it, that I mean, was great. I, I, I'm um, excited for. I will say that, and I think it's just. It's just going to be an awesome card. I am excited for Forbidden Door. Sure. Here's what I like about the MJF Adam Cole thing is that. MJF comes out, right? Is this the order of things? And then Adam Cole comes out. Yes. Which, okay, here's what I don't like about it. Uh, you didn't beat Jericho. Which well, I'm he did by like, referee stoppage. Or yeah, whatever. but that's not, I mean, come Well, he beat him in the and tag. So you know Jericho's looming, and you're just like, ugh. He beat him it's in just... the tag the week after, and I think that was seen as the blow-off because Britt. Ah, okay. Was... Yeah. Well, that's that's unfortunate. I, mean, I just don't know. Anyway, nobody really wants to, you know. MJF should just be wrestling like, should be wrestling Sting next, like a big guy that can just put him over, you know. Like, also, yeah. what's weird is that he missed the obvious. Like, I don't like burying Cole for his physique. I because Mike does it, and and it's it's you know it. He Mike's not fighting MJF, um, but you're reminding people basically like, oh, his guy doesn't well, look no like that. It's like, physique, so, yeah. but knowing MJF's whole narrative, and he's like, you were this guy, you were this guy, you were this guy, you were the longest reigning NXT champion, and you couldn't cut it there because people tuned in to watch me and not watch you, and that's why you had to come here. That's your that's your fucking story, not any of this other stuff. Because it's true, though they had to move the show because they couldn't compete with Dynamite. Well, I because mean, people wanted then, to watch like, Max and not Cole. And you're basically saying your challenger for a world championship is not a draw. Yes, well, but, but they already said he's the not truth. A... And I, I think like that's the really weird thing. And look, the, we find out in hour two that this match is happening next week. It's going to be a qualifier. I'm assuming there will be major shenanigans, and then they will be separated for another two months, maybe. Is Major um, Shenanigans the uh, guy that Max is going to bring in as like a general who's all jacked up? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's you. Dude, Dude, you should be take my money. Take my money. Shenanigans. His uh, his assistant. That's that. There's money in that. There is. Uh, but look, I this is what I liked about it. I like that for some reason. Uh, MJF comes out. Adam Cole comes out, and before Adam Cole can even let him know why he's out there, MJF just goes like completely batshit MJF mode and just goes on a rant for seven minutes without even finding, trying to find out what Adam Cole is doing there. It's just right. like that, that level of insecurity is funny to me in a pro wrestler. Um, it's just, I, I also don't think that's what they were trying to display was his insecurity. I think they were just trying to uh, do a quick promo to get you excited about next week because this week NBA finals were happening. 
And so if you see next week is pretty stacked um, and almost unnecessarily stacked the way it feels sort of rushed. And this, but, this uh, playoff run has been decimating everybody. Yeah, it's been, yeah, decimating a lot of shit. But, yeah, I wasn't crazy about this promo at all. I did not like Adam Cole calling MJF, uh, like, toxic. I don't. I mean, look, I, I believe in toxic masculinity and all those things. But, uh, like, the use of a word like toxic is not – it's not a baby face word. Um, you, you sound like you're complaining. <laughs> and so you also sound like an internet guy. Like, he's like, you just sound like a toxic internet guy. And it's like, hey, newsflash! The only people who use the word "toxic" isn't that, are also isn't that like, internet it's guys. It's not even his moniker. It's like "toxic" is Punk's moniker. Or like, well, it's also know. like you're like, yeah, it's like you're an Adam Cole is an internet guy. MJF doesn't come off like an internet guy. Adam Cole is a guy who no. seems like he he likes the internet. This whole promo felt like they were trying to rehabilitate and it's remind you that like that it, Cole yeah. was a, was a draw. That they've kind of been like, look, since we've got him here in AEW, we've kind of dropped the ball with him a couple times. No, they haven't. They just he hasn't gotten over. They had him win. He hasn't gotten over, but they're they're trying. Yeah, but they can't say like you haven't gotten over. They have to make it seem like, look, let's remind you of like this guy was awesome in Ring of Honor. He was awesome in the Indies. He was awesome in NXT, and we can get that guy again. And I think Max from a backstage perspective is trying to do the same thing he did with the four pillars, which is I want to try to elevate everybody I'm working with. And it's just not working because he's not at that level yet. Mike, what'd you think? Howard one. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've been sitting on the, the sidelines here. Um, you know, uh, my favorite guy and my least favorite guy. Uh, you know, I thought, yeah, I, I well, you know, I'll talk about the promo. F- I'll talk about the other part first, just in that. This show really is feeling like it's on autopilot with the, you you know that Orange Cassidy match is going to be the same length every time. And then you have a Blackpool Combat Club, kind of a squash, kind of long enough to not be a squash um, match. And, uh, you know, so it, it, it it's the format sheet is very uh, repetitive in, in, in those terms. And I don't think that the story of like, Orange Cassidy getting beat up every week is working enough because he doesn't sell enough. Um, I think that he should come out more visibly, like hurt and injured and slow. If that's the story you're telling, I I do a hundred percent agree with you guys that uh, Swerve is a star and is being hampered by other people as opposed to being helped. And and if the goal is for him to get them over, I think that they should just focus on. Just getting himself over. Um, the problem with AEW is that the, the they think guys are over before they're over, and MJF and Swerve are an example of that. It's like no, they're not. They're not. They're not a bulletproof proof level yet. You know. Yeah, and and I don't turn the channel off, so they're not at a bullet club level either. But um, <laughs> I would I would say my thing with this MJF Cole promo, um, it's just you know it's like it feels like. There was something magical about that MJF and Punk promo where it was the, the first one, the you know, Thanksgiving uh, Eve of just enough reality, but enough kayfabe and two generational talkers. And I feel like MJF has gone to the well too many times of him as a middle schooler, him as high school. It's just gotten stale and it meant something when he said it about punk because we all felt that. And 
and it just didn't it just doesn't resonate with cold the same way it just comes off like oh i also like you you know but it's like you already said to your hero that he was your hero and so now you're doing it with another guy and it just comes off grasping at best i I agree with you guys on the heel stuff the your mom swallows i mean we saw him do that in his fight for the fallen promo in 2019 like it's just he's going back to old shit and and he's better than that and we know it and uh and (laughs) and i think cole it's just yeah i mean I'll, i'll say this uh I agree with the Jericho stuff in the, in, in the sense of it wasn't a hot program. If the goal was to get him to this point, someone should have looked and saw that it didn't work and um, changed plans. Uh, because honestly, like I feel bad for Cole a little bit here in terms of this return and, and how it hasn't gone well. And I, and I think that the booking hasn't done him any favors. Um, I, I, and I honestly think that this, this uh, show was made better by Jericho not being on it, which he wasn't, right? No, he was not. Yeah, and I think that helped because, like I said, with the whole thing of this show feeling like the same every time, it helps to get... There's so many guys we love that are never on this fucking thing. There's so many guys that we do love that are on to the point we don't love them anymore. Um, And that is, I think, Moxley even. That is Jericho. Um, And that's becoming MJF. And uh, it's just... No, I disagree on that. I think he should be on every week. He's the world champ. Yeah, but if the the shtick has this level of a ceiling, it's just going to expose him. And and if he's not going up against uh, guys on the mic that make him better, then you're just going to get tired of it. The steroid comment... Look, I, I love that MJF went after his physique just in the sense that no one has said it yet, and it makes it it makes me um not believe in the credibility of the show if there's something so obvious that they're not pointing out. So the fact that MJF finally did actually made me more comfortable watching. I'm like, okay, so someone's fucking aware of this. But the response of you're on Sarah, like MJF doesn't have that type of physique, so it just didn't work to me. You know, and there's just, these guys just didn't really have chemistry. Yeah, you're already going into, I hate, I hate these eliminator matches, just the idea of it. I think if you are challenging the champ, it's for the title or, or, you know, not. Wait, so um, it's going to be a non-title match first? No, it's going to be, yeah, it's, yeah. And if he wins, then he gets to wrestle him for the title. I hate that. So you're going to beat the champ? You're going to beat the champ to get people to pay money to watch the challenger lose. I'm or, sure. I'm sure Scott will defend no the idea of this, but I just the idea of the you know one. It's a rating, which I I mean I don't like that. I think what they're going to do is they're going to keep them away from each other for a little bit, right? So you let them wrestle, be all happy. Oh my god, we're getting it. It's so good. And then whoever ruins it, let's let us pray it's not Jericho. Um, I'm sure it will be. Uh, you know. No, I'm sure they'll do something go, original. Oh, at least they didn't ruin the, the real match. It's this was obviously going to end wonky. I'm sure we'll get an original story where these guys yeah, are wrestling, gonna, and the Jericho Appreciation Society interfere, and then Cole has to beat every <laughs> member of the Jericho Appreciation yeah. Society yeah. one a week until they can fight Max. Exactly. It's uh, uh, it's not gonna be fun. I'll say this about the MJF thing. The 
when your contract is up and it's like how long from now a year the it's it's a it's not a good story you're the champion and you might leave in a year like everybody should be on your ass to save the company from you uh the, the reason the cm punk thing worked of i'm gonna leave is it was it was imminent it was about to happen at the next pay-per-view and he was gonna win the title and go he wasn't holding the title and hanging out for a year if that happened motherfuckers would be at his neck they'd be like driving him off the side of the road tony khan would be having him uh assassinated you know uh because the idea of him leaving the company would ruin the company so you have this like elite versus blackpool combat club the heart of you know aew fighting for the heart of aew you even saw the new elite t-shirt and yet there's this guy claiming to leave your company with your championship and no one's even fucking addressing him so what you need is not the title and mjf or you don't have him talk about leaving until it's about time for him to leave and then you have him feud with CM Punk again, and the storyline is, wow, look how things came full circle. CM Punk was going to leave WWE with the title, and now Punk needs to stop someone else for leaving to WWE with the title. Because that's a great storyline. You don't drag ass for a fucking year, uh, which is what they're going to do, and it's why MJF is going to be uh, buried for a year if they continue this way. The uh, MJF should be... We should be shitting our pants every time MJF grabs a mic, but it feels like since he's won the title, we are getting stale promo after stale promo because Tony has given us stale storyline after stale storyline. You know what else has hurt MJF? Brian Danielson not selling. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we talking about? Well, he he was only gone for like a fucking three weeks or something, right? Yeah. He was an hour-long Iron Man match. Yes, but but Scott, he did that promo right after about how he was done and how he was dejected and everything. And then he just came uh, back. It wasn't with, even dejected. Uh, it was what Max did to me. Like, he kept saying, I'm going to hurt you to the point where you're not going to be able to play with your kids anymore. And then my hand was tingling and I couldn't feel my neck. So maybe I should not come back and maybe I should go home and play with my kids. And then three weeks later, he returns as a heel. And never acknowledges anything that happened. And having Max. a dangerous no hold barred match on the paper. And then Max is supposed to be a heel who correctly points out, I had the best dog collar match of the last 30 years. I had the best Iron Man match, which it was one of the best Iron Man matches. The four way was a really good four way. So he's not exactly coming out there and lying. Yeah. So I can't really understand why I'm supposed to hate this guy and other than like, he's kind of mean. Things like, like this that is have what such... this, this is what I would do because I because this ties into my criticism of the Brian and Okada stuff is that um, they keep saying that Brian is one of the best wrestlers, but he's lost every important match. And if wins and losses, and I'm saying this in a kayfabe sense, because I hate, I hate the idea on this show, especially because it's fucking Tony, like a great wrestler is someone who has a great match. No, a great wrestler is someone who fucking wins. Yeah, and I think that if they, if they, if Brian was off TV until this point, and he gets his groove back by wrestling Okada, that's a story. What they did, there's no fucking story. What's even weirder is Max's post pay per view press conference, uh, where he was talking about someone's like, "Are you going to wrestle in Forbidden Door too?" He's like, "Against the fucking indie promotion?" Like, no, I'm too good for that. That opens the door for someone from New Japan to show up during this promo and be like, hey, 
I'm one of the best guys in New Japan. I'm sure Scott can fill in a name. I'm here to prove you wrong and kick your ass at Forbidden Door. That's all you needed. You had all the you need is hey, MJF. Shut up. There you go, <laughs> Michael. Listen, <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> well, but I, I think what this really could have had, and it's so simple, is you just have either MJF or Danielson acknowledge that because of that, uh, like you know, you either have MJF say like, "Yeah, look," and I made your boy snap. Like that's all you have to acknowledge, or you have Danielson just see MJF backstage and say like, "Hey." Thanks for reminding me that I need to be vicious yeah. and I'll come back for you soon enough. And then MJF has to worry about a vicious Danielson, who's also a heel, eventually coming back for him. All of these things can work. It's just lazy. You fucking look at you look at everything and you go, where do we fill in these holes? But they don't do that. Exactly. I mean, and have- that's and that's the thing is that ultimately, I mean, look, I know we're complaining. It's I was like, it sounds like we're complaining because we're complaining, but it just sucks for the talent because they do deserve better and yeah they are going to give us great matches but they could give us great fucking stories too and they just don't and i think that's usually the basis of a lot of our criticism we talk about this like we want AEW to succeed and thrive but good news there's a second hour of dynamite maybe they turn this around guys they open with uh fuck the hardys and isaiah scott and ethan page with this storyline that's still continuing where I guess Matt Hardy still now owns Ethan page, because that's a great gimmick for a baby face to own a heel. Uh, we get hook and jungle boy versus Dragalistico and Vance Archer where that dude bleeds like a stuck. Did you pig. say Dragalistico? Did he come out in a dress? I don't know what his fucking name is. His name is Dragalistico, right? No, I tried it's right Whatever. Who cares? He, it's, he's it's, not, the, it's not RuPaul's Dragalistico. Sorry. It's not Commander. It's not Ray Phoenix. It's not Penta El Zero Miro. It's not Serpentico. Or uh, Bandito. Or Bandito. Um, or uh, or uh, Samurai. Not Samurai. So whatever the hell his name was. Uh, and uh, Sammy's. <laughs> you going to say Samurai with. Jacko? No, Samurai Del Sol. But that, that was Kalisto. But he, I don't think he's appeared in, in Ada. Either way. But another there fucking Luchador. They just kept bleeding until, like, you were just like, oh, this is a lot of blood. And I guess that's the secret to make you give a shit about some of these matches. Uh, Tony Khan gave a, since all the blood was already gone, he gave a bloodless announcement of uh, the main event of Collision, <laughs> which he, he announced, Can like. Can this be its own thing? Can we just talk about this? Oh, it'll be, it'll be, it's, it'll be its own thing. The only thing I'll just say before we get to it is it's going to be Samoa Joe, Jay White, and Juice Robinson versus Punk and FTR. And we will put a pin in that and talk about his announcement. Uh, Takeshita beat not, uh, not Sean Spears uh, in a match. And then Don Callis tried to cut a promo. And uh, I think the only reason he's getting this heel heat is because people see the reaction that Dom is getting on Raw, and the audience is like, oh, that's fun. We want to do that. But I don't think Don has earned anywhere close to that reaction. That's, the, uh, that's a very WWE lens to look at it. It is an extreme WWE lens, and I'm <laughs> yeah, that's almost like, 100% like, sure I'm right. Like uh, a, a girl's girlfriend says about a guy's new new girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, that is true. Uh, Christian He's pretending to love her because he loves you so much. It's what it's, that's what it is. I'm sorry. Let me leave it this way. Don Callis is a once in a generation heel, and he absolutely go. deserves this this heat 
Look, what I, a promo machine, man! And he's getting it on his own. I will say uh, it's, like, it's like LA Knight. Like I don't get it, but he's uh, over. The LA Knight thing is baffling. Uh, Christian cuts a promo in the back where they open the door, and I guess Luchasaurus tried to murder Brock Anderson. Uh, so he was doing Arn a favor of having to pretend to care about his son. Uh, Chris Statlander took on Anna Jay in a two-segment match. So, you know, things are really turning around here. And then in the main event, Ricky Starks uh, wrestled Jay White. And if you thought Bullet Club Gold could not get any better, they're adding in the guns. Just chef's kiss on top of this. Uh, we'll start with you, Mike, since you were the tail end of the last one. Um. <laughs> I think yeah, I mean, all I want to talk about is that Tony, that Tony promo. Um, yeah, wait, let's talk about the Tony promo first. Sure. We'll talk about the rest. Okay, okay. So I will, I will say this. You know, as uh, one of the writers that is on strike, uh, I watched this and it made me less afraid of AI taking over. <laughs> it, it's. I mean, I mean, I think even the biggest like fans of the show can can admit that th this has crossed the level of, of of parody now um i mean hello colorado springs <laughs> it's insane i mean it's not you know even what? blinking here, right anymore here's the thing this felt like a moment in a video game but if this was in fight forever i would say that this game is fucking outdated by like 20 years because that's yeah, exactly dude, is... we have FTR and the Young Bucks <laughs> and, and all that shit. I mean, and CM Punk. It, it's so it's so inhuman and um and and just funny that like what 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 I what I think of when I see this is you know he was like I I don't want to be an authority figure I don't want to be on camera every week but every every fucking person who can get attention ends up wanting it. And the all of these announcements could have been one announcement, let alone, I don't even think this should have been an announcement. I think we didn't need to know this. And and and, and even it's a kind of match of like, why is Samoa Joe? Well, the, like all that logic shit. Like, let, let's put that aside for a sec. The presentation of just this fucking robot. I mean, I, I, I keep thinking of the Simpsons. Like, I want to see him crying and his face burn up. <laughs> It's what just... sucks even more about this, Mike, is when they were doing the stuff with Impact, and he was appearing on Impact as that smarmy, like douchebag version. Of oh himself. God, yeah, that was inf That's why I always like. I'm like, that how was, did they not wait, make wait, him a heel? That authority? was also terrible. That but was it was. Terrible. It's the good kind of terrible. It was pretty bad, but it was better than this. I'll it's give at you least that. interesting. That, that, that the faintest of faint praise, but yeah. But Dan, we thought the world was ending. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know what? The last thing I'll say before you guys go is, um, you look at Vince, right? And you know, Vince, when Vince would do those like fucking mania rundowns and you know shit like that and, and look people say vince was a bad commentator i don't think he was i i think he was decent i think they were better but he's michael cole he's Michael. yeah cole. in terms of and, and michael cole is vince yeah. <laughs> but in terms of the guy whose product it is you at least believe that he believed in his own product that's what sucks about this is like you know tony made these matches he's excited about this. he just cannot express it and and it's fine that he can't i have autism it's fucking it's okay i know tony has it too just get someone else to do this part of your show well we don't know do we know he has autism or no i mean if he walks like a duck 
<laughs> then no one does. If it counts, Marvel's like a duck. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 it, it's gotten to the point. You know, it's beyond parody. I, I couldn't have said it better. This is uh, well, not, well, it's what what beyond parody means is it's become detrimental. Like at least when it's funny, it's funny. It has been. It got funny, right? At first, it was a little confusing, and I would stand there and go, hey, let them make an announcement or five. I gave them five, you know? Uh, they have gotten worse. I don't mean the actual announcements. I actually don't mind the main event too much. I think we all agree that maybe give an explanation why Joe is with the Bullet Club, but I do like that. You just you just added two new members to the Bullet Club. Well, sure, sure, and after the fact too, which is a, a little head scratchy, you know. Um, but look, I you do need to sell a few more tickets, right? But more than that, even I think having a trios match main event with the star quality, other than getting more eyes on a brand new show, is you can set up a few new storylines for a new show. So moving forward after the main event, you'll have maybe two or three things you can follow along from what happened and not just one. But that's if someone else has more control other than Tony because he's he's really dropping the ball, man. AEW is my favorite start-to-finish pro wrestling show uh, in the world at the moment. And he... he fucks it up. And I don't know if it's the fact that there are so many people naming him and complimenting him because it is his baby. And so when it does get shit on, people go, no, Tony is great. Tony is good. And so Tony thinks he has to show his face. But we like wrestling, not Tony. And that's been that the whole time. We like All In. Uh, we like pro wrestling. The reason that uh, the UK show, Wembley, is doing so well is because we like pro wrestling. It's not because we like Tony Khan. Uh, yes, come out and say hi at Wembley. Please well, don't stand out there for too long. I, I think that's what got us into this mess in the first place is because people, when, when, you know, when they were finally able to have crowds, right, people were so excited to just be outside and, and be watching wrestling again. And when Tony came out and gave a speech, people went apeshit for it. We saw it, that first New York show. People went nuts yeah. for him. Um, and I think that he then interpreted getting a pop at a live post-pandemic show as being the thing people want to see. And it's just not the same thing at all. Dude, it's like, it's, it's, he's like a record label, right? And we're like, there's all these bands out there. We just want to see them. We just want want to hear him and he's like i have the money to do that and we're like thank you thank you thank you and all of a sudden he's playing tambourine on the side of the stage and we're like hey what the fuck are you doing playing tambourine on the side of the stage <laughs> we just want to see dope bands thanks for putting the dope bands on tv but why are you now in the band what scott is saying is that tony has become yoko ono <laughs> yes maybe she would help the women's division <laughs> <laughs> And, then this, and the match itself, do we? I mean, I guess maybe there's mild excitement of like, oh, it's Jay White and CM Punk in the same ring for a couple seconds. No but one, there's no excitement about that. No I'm trying. There's there. No it, this feels cares. completely like, thrown together doing? and weird. And I everything. I was wrong last week. Like, even the announcement of Punk coming from Tony last week. So, 
either make him a surprise or announce <clears> him <throat> in a broader, bigger way than this. Uh, it just felt like flat and weird. <laughs> yeah, at the just it, it, this is this is the they're doing a big thing badly across the board. Uh, Mike, did you have any thoughts on hour one outside of the Tony announcement? Uh, oh, hour two. Um, hour two. Sorry, this yeah, nine that, hours. I mean, you know, time. look like the. I, I already think this Bullet Club Gold thing. Like you know, I look at Jay White. Like I'm I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Uh, only based on what I've seen, and I know that there's more there than what is being allowed. And I think it's another case of swerve of uh, just let him be by himself. I I think Juice hurts him, and now I think the guns hurt him. And here's a guy he just came in your American audience uh, without the last name Chaplin uh, doesn't know who he is. And there is potential there, but they're not, they're making him do too many things. And uh, like, uh, I think they think it's going to be like NWO or, or the shield. Yeah. It's like, they already have eight. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, that's like, it's like factions only, do well when there's not that many factions around them. I know? think I think there was like a faction involved in almost every fucking match tonight. Even even the Statlander and you know Anna J is like sometimes she's with the Jericho, sometimes she's not. And you know, um, the only thing I'll say is like I, I yeah I don't think I was on last week. Um, yeah it. As a fan of heel managers, it is depressing to me that Callis is getting such great heel reactions for such mediocre material because I don't think he's very good. I don't think he said anything that's exciting, well-written. Um, I mean, he's okay delivery-wise, but I, I think it is a thing of people getting into it and booing. Um, and uh, Takeshita just looks happy the whole time like it's just i just don't buy him as a heel he still has this like good guy work ethic this good guy persona it just doesn't work as they're, like they're putting him in black like uh superman's villain in the fifth and you know whatever they yeah. are but it feels like when they turn to tonka heel like yeah, it just, it, it just... it's it's his mannerisms everything about him is not heel maybe shave his head i don't know yeah yeah he uh he feels like the good father um it doesn't <laughs> it, well, it, it does not it does not work at all consistency um, in the story though the consistency yeah. in the story is that Takeshita would want to work with a guy like Don because of his connection with omega which you saw over the last year don would take him to basketball games and stuff right yeah and omega was a heel with uh Don for so long, you know, and you could say, oh, it's because Don, right? Oh, Don's known yeah. him, this storyline of since he was 12 and he got in his head. And so now Don has gotten into Takeshita's head. So the storyline would be that eventually Kenny or Kenny's friend would have to pull them, pull him away from Don. Like, don't let what happened to Anakin happen to Luke is the idea. Uh, will they do that? Probably not. But that is the storyline. So I don't mind it. And the reason he doesn't look like a heel is because he's not. He's being influenced by a heel. He's a student who okay, is fully becoming a heel because of his teacher. Can we all admit that Scott's thinking about this a lot better than Tony probably <laughs> is? And it will, no, it will come nowhere near close to that. 
Can we also <laughs> say that about half of the time you talk about WWE? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys can both rationalize the things you love very well. Oh, I'm I'm impressed that Scott doing it. It makes me very it's proud. It's unbelievable what, what both Robert and Scott are able to do. Oh, I can rationalize any of the AEW stuff, but they don't pay me enough. <laughs> I mean, I like that you yeah. said enough and not just at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh Dan, what'd you think I were too? I mean, you know, I, I said everything I needed to say about the Tony promo. Um, you know, I mean, I'm glad that, uh, what's her name is back, Chris Statlander. Um, she was on last week. Yeah, no, I'm just saying in general, she's been gone for months, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, can we can we just quickly, because if, if, if a show was made to discuss this, it's us. Can we talk about the name Hung Bucks for like just a minute, please? The Hung um, Bucks? Who's yeah. calling themselves the Hung Bucks? Young Bucks? Hangman and the Bucks. Oh. Yeah, forever. Called the like, Hung Bucks twice on this show. Yeah, in Ring of Honor in uh, New Japan, too. They got t shirts, Hung Bucks t shirts. Like they well, always they have. Tried to, um, they were going to do the they were going to do the Banger Brothers in WWE with Drew and Sheamus. And then <laughs> I guess they stopped that because they were nervous, but not AEW. <laughs> well, no, after the other, after they named one of their the female factions years ago after something that was, I guess, owned by a porn company. They're very worried about that. That was like the, it was like Paige's group or Naomi's group. Right. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I forgot, but yeah, it was like the submission something, but yeah, it was like, so they like, like we'll never make a mistake like this again. <laughs> Name someone after a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But to be fair, you know, a lot of people, Here we have go. Nazi names. there we go. Here we go. <laughs> Robert and Scott uh, should have another <laughs> show called "To Be Fair," where me and Mike just bring to up the most, to make them bring up the most egregious mistakes in both promotions, and we see who can spin it the best. Maybe that'll yeah, be. Did, I love, I love. We're talking about Nazis, and Robert, the most Jewish person I know, goes to be fair. WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, Adolf's a strong name. It's not my fault that one guy ruined it for everyone. <laughs> What's yeah, better, Robert, the Third Reich or the Heidenreich? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Third Reich at least got at least got over. <laughs> better finisher. Well, yeah, better finisher. Well, uh, also of... slightly saner. Let's get. Uh, did everyone say what they need to say about dynamite? Uh, we all said more than we need no, to say no, about no, that. Oh. But I will end. Look, Gun Club joining Bullet Club rules. A uh, Bullet Club gold currently in AEW is better than New Japan's Bullet Club. That isn't a compliment. Bullet Club in New Japan isn't that great right now. They're trying to like redevelop it. Dominion, they had a lot of young lions, not young lions, uh, a lot of like US New Japan strong guys come out, you know. Anyway, um Jay White is fantastic. Juice, let's let's get on the train, boys. He's funny, he's different. Have we you're I gonna start I don't know if I want to get on this train. Dude, you're gonna start getting used to him. He is so fun. Uh, uh, I, I, and, I think and Robert, we've already seen I, the guns be fun. It's just what do you do with them? And the gun, the gun club joining the bullet club is so fun, so funny. And this group is going to rule. I have a feeling they are going to become top. You know, there's everybody's in a group in AEW, so at least top two groups. I'm not gonna say top one because you never know who's gonna be number one at any moment especially with Punk and FTR starting to hang out. But 
this group of guys, this Bullet Club Gold, is going to be so funny. And the fact that that's the main event uh, for Collision means CM Punk fucks with them, which means they will probably be used on TV well because it seems like Punk, at the very least, does care about what's put on TV. I also think we're overlooking the other terrifying prospect that came out of this was when Don cut his promo and he said, you know, we're going to go after the elite, me and my guys. Now he's bringing another faction. Oh yeah, baby. Who are they going to be? Jesus Christ. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's like, it's the Tony hey. Khan parody announcement. Rocky uh, Romero betrays the best friends to join the callous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, this just feels, it just, it, you know, you know what it feels like when I'm watching AW now, it feels like, do you remember when we were in uh, middle school, Robert? And Mike, maybe you didn't do this, but you would have you would like go online and you would have like those like like independent wrestling promotions. You'd run yourself like fantasy pro wrestling leagues. Sure, yeah, that's that's exactly what this feels like every week. What AEW has felt like uh, for a lot of this time, and it's just yeah. it's becoming more at more and more out of control. And he has nobody to rein him in, and it just kind of sucks. But uh, hey, like that's a high spot, low spot. Let's be positive, Dan. But I also think, too, you know, to AEW's credit, I will think this, like, Monday Night Raw, I could just, because I don't have to watch all three hours like you, I can zip through and I can watch Dom get booed and I can watch a really good Gunther-Kevin Owens match. Um, and Dynamite, I have to sit through the whole fucking thing. So I, I just don't think a human being is meant to watch this much fucking wrestling, guys. That's where I'm at. And that was Dan's high spot. Uh, high spot is I'm legit into Forbidden Door now. I think it's going to be a great show. My low spot was obviously Tony Khan's big announcements. My curious spot is the 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 video game coming out at the end of the month. There's a part of me that's like, okay, it's the No Mercy Control. It's going to be great. And there's a part of me that like this thing has been so goddamn fucking cursed from the start. I don't know how it's going to end up. Um, I also wanted to give before the, the fellas give their high spot low spots i just want to give you guys our schedule for patreon this monday we're doing the roast of dennis rodman which is uh it's going to be a lot of fun um we're doing money in the bank the 19th 2011 the famous one with punk and the 26th we're going to be doing the american gladiators 30 for 30 which uh, i'm excited to say june oh, wow. next next week we're doing the on the main show, we're going to be doing the roast of the media scrum. Since Punk is coming back, right before Collision, everyone involved in the media scrum. Maybe I'll try to get Nick on it, too. Uh, it, it's it's up for grabs, all right, folks? So there you go. Um, June 23rd, we're going to do our Forbidden Door predictions. June 30th, Forbidden Door uh, review and Money in the Bank predictions. So big month coming up. Um, Scott, what's your high spot, low spot? High spot was I uh, I got to watch and enjoy Dominion uh, at an airport in Buffalo, which was fun. Uh, it was a good show, uh, and it got me excited about uh, one of your high spots, which is Forbidden Door coming up. Uh, yeah, man, that Danielson thing, it, it happened after Moxley, Cesaro, and uh, Shota Umino fought uh, Okada, Ishii, and I'm blanking at the moment, if you can remember. Tanahashi, right? Yeah, and uh, and BCC uh lost to them, and then Moxley was like, "Hey, I got a video for you." And Danielson popped up, and it was just really, really cool to see. 
So that is my high spot. My low spot is 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 Iron Sheik uh, passing away. In terms of like the connection between wrestling and comedy, there is so many. But in terms of like comedians who don't really fuck with wrestling, everybody knows about Iron Sheik and they laugh about those great clips. And uh, Sheik and Flair yeah. are the only ones they know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so rest in peace. Sheiky, baby. Robert? Uh, I got two high spots. First was obviously getting to uh, see Dan special, uh, getting to meet Scott. Uh, that was an absolute blast. Had a great time up there. Um, I, in terms of wrestling high spots, on Raw, there was this this Gunther-Kevin Owens match that was way better than it had any right to be. Thrown together, middle of the card. Those guys went out there and absolutely killed it. Uh, the main event, Seth Rollins, Damian Priest. But, yeah. it, what, what was disappointing? And finish is a little disappointing. The finish was a little, yeah, but it was, again, for what yeah. it, that's why I said for what it was, those guys went out there and, and just fucking killed it. Seth Rollins and Damian Priest had a great main event for the title. There was a segment last week on on SmackDown, the, the Roman Reigns, Usos, Bloodline stuff. They continue to make this interesting far beyond they have far beyond any point in time they have a right to it's been just a blast to see my low spot on raw there was a moment where uh cody got smacked by dominic mysterio and he went to go smack dominic mysterio and rhea ripley stepped in between and brandy rhodes (laughs) the patron saint of our show tweeted out that if he can't hit mommy i can and the thought of Cody and Brandy versus Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio is fucking nightmare fuel. Uh, that's my low spot. I'm kind of looking forward to it. <laughs> you know, some men like to watch the world burn. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly my reasoning. Mike? Oh, you said it was open mic night? <laughs> oh, man. Do you, you want to see Brandy in WWE, Mike? Oh, yeah, I can. You fucking Adelaide heifer. <laughs> oh man i really i really hope that happens um uh my high spot is uh you know um i i just saw uh, uh miss sandra sandra gray she was uh on uh total divas a lot she's the seamstress she's retiring after four decades oh wow being in the wrestling business uh, seems like a really cool person. Uh, amazing work. She was, I believe she was in WCW, WWE, and uh, AEW. I feel like these are the kinds of people that should be getting a Hall of Fame recognition more. You know that that what, I, what Warrior wanted. I agree, a hundred percent. What Warrior wanted that Warrior award to be. Um, she made a lot of Sammy's outfits more recently, and 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 Cody outfits. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, she did say even though she's retiring, she's still going to make Cody stuff going forward, which is cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I I mean, you know, the bubber she's good, but like, hey, she's fucking retiring on her own terms. That's a high note to me. And uh, just want to give an acknowledgement to someone who's fucking done a lot for the business. That's awesome. Um, I'll say uh, low spot would be, um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be chic is a bummer. And uh, every time those early pay-per-views have less alive people on them, they're a little bit harder to watch. I I can't lie about that. Uh, But I guess, you know, 80, I believe it was 81. So that's 
a lot less sad than a lot of guys. Hey, but... man, you, yeah, well, I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, like he's he's one of the he actually lived, you know. Yeah, yeah. Iraq don't crack. Oh, I don't use that around. Iraq don't crack. Um, <laughs> but it Iraq don't crack. It just smokes it. But no, uh, <laughs> no, he, you know, yeah. I mean, we said a lot about him at the beginning, but one of the fucking legends of the business, man, and. When barely anyone got the, there's so many fucking guys that we love that never got that title, the big fucking belt when it meant something and there wasn't two and it didn't switch hands all the time. And he's one of the few people, he's a part of that lineage forever. So uh, rest in peace. All right, folks, we got any plugs? Um, I guess I'll start out. Uh, next month, I will be um, doing. My, uh, I will be doing, me and my wife will be uh, starting a new podcast, a horror podcast, The It Couple. Um, we already recorded a bunch. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to be at the Comedy Nest in Montreal in a couple weekends from now. I think, believe it's, uh, I believe it's next week. I believe it's next weekend or the weekend. I got to get it right. The but chic I- impression is going on a lot longer than we thought. <laughs> I really should have had this one prepared, but. Yeah, I'm going to be at the uh, Comedy Nest June. I got it right, guys. June uh, 22nd through 24th in Montreal. So come check me out there. Um, I'll be doing some shows in the city on the weekend and, you know, same old stuff. Um, And if you ring a bell during Dan's set in Montreal, you'll get a free WrestleRose t-shirt. (laughs) <laughs> wait, wait, if you ring a bell yeah like hebner he, oh I, I don't get it man i'm sorry because he was in the fucking sharpshooter and then the bell rang and he oh lost. that's that's it well thank you for making my show that much more annoying i can't wait <laughs> So the one Russell Rose fan week. Screw Dan. Get a get a shirt. <laughs> but I am looking forward to the. You know that place is interesting. I want to do well because I always would do that before Mike knows before yeah. one of my showcases, and I always like the one night like before New Faces, or New Faces. I did that show, and I just kind of ate it. So I'm hoping uh, to redeem myself, folks. Maybe have a couple new bits too. You know, here you go, uh, Scott. Out for Smokes with Mike Racine and Sean McCarthy. And that's it. Robert? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. And for something to sports entertainment with, Broke Down Raw this week. Really good show. A uh, lot of good stuff to talk about. So definitely check that out on the Patreon. What you meant to say was, uh, so the sports entertainment, I was broken down and covered Raw this week. <laughs> that's mo- So that's most weeks. This week was actually positive, which was... Uh, a weird I found what to shit on, but thankfully it wasn't necessarily WWE. So I didn't get to talk about last week's dynamite. So I talked about that a little bit. But uh you know it was it was fun. And I, it's it's kind of nice to see WWE almost putting it together uh and and continuing to produce good stuff. So at least there's somewhere uh to get my wrestling fill when it's not Wednesdays at eight on uh TBS. Nice. Uh I am on the road with uh Pete Davidson opening Friend with a bunch of other great comics. Um, and uh, there's is there any the rumors longest. that Pete and Mike are dating, guys. Yes, <laughs> uh, I do have the best tits in the biz. Um, but I, uh, I have been away from my son the longest I have been, and I now feel like a wrestler. 
No, no, you you're you don't because you feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> you're not like, oh man, I got to see this fucking kid. You know. <laughs> By the way, I, I was texting this to Mike. Um, this there's this fucking horrifying adoptions documentary sto- story that's like it's called the curious case of natalia grace um and it's on hbo i guess it's Did on they HBO. have to rhyme it man i don't know why they had to rhyme it yeah it was that was as i said it i was like this feels icky but it is a real fucking i mean it goes from being crazy to kind of really depressing but uh yeah i don't even know if i'm so it's just hanging out with you <laughs> it's me uh mike it's the story of the time mike and adina adopted me and then gave me up um so it has a happy ending <laughs> uh, i and- will I, you know what i'm gonna end this podcast by sharing the first time dan met my wife adina we were in a diner and dan just shows a picture of a woman on his phone and goes hey you think she's hot <laughs> <laughs> and Adina uh, goes, yes <laughs> yeah that seems about right well folks i'm now domesticated and that the whorish ways of my past have been put aside and instead is a is a bible and a compass i'm looking for that promised land everybody yeah <laughs> in the woods with a bible and a compass <laughs> look i haven't seen the magnum ta uh dark side yet but i'm sure there's a bible and a compass in there um <laughs> uh, hey you know magnum ta did have a great line uh i think it was steve who said hey is there life after wrestling he said there's life after wrestling brother you know so it gave you a lot of hope um do i sound depressing today i'm sorry why is this night different from all other nights? <laughs> it's pinky in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Same as we do every day. Get depressed about our career and put in a mediocre performance at the comic strip. <laughs> uh, at the comic strip in Gotham tonight, folks. Until then. Until then, folks, it's never goodbye. And to quote Zach. Who Zach? There's no smog out there, folks. That's just how Dan sees the world. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It does. It does make you less. You know, there's more. There's less of a um, onus on you to have a good time. You know, when the whole world is melting. That's. I'm glad that an airborne toxic event has given you a ray of sunshine about your own life. I'm skipping around. Have have we blamed these Canadian wildfires on Bret Hart yet? No, not yet. But he blames it on Goldberg. You know, since he kicked down one of those trees, yeah, he probably that he probably does blame it on Goldberg in some way. I just love those fucking videos on wine where it's like, let's check in. Does Brett does Brett still like Goldberg? And it's just a random guy going like, "Hey, Brett, do you like Goldberg?" And he goes, "No." <laughs> the video, and he sm- smiles. So, all right, fuck Goldberg, everybody, and watch Goldberg. Hands.